Diaspora this week, a podcast highlighting major political, social, and economic issues facing Africa from a diaspora perspective. I'm David Monda, Professor of International Affairs at City University of New York. This week's topic is uh, around the uh, demonstrations in Kenya uh, and the challenges associated with the demos. With me to discuss the topic is Maurice Ndole. Maurice is an independent journalist and he forms Lokna.com. He lives in California. Uh, Maurice, with that intro, welcome to Diaspora this week. Thank you for having me. Excellent, excellent. So let's begin with, uh, as for those of our listeners who've not heard about uh, the uh, demonstrations in Kenya, what exactly has been going on and uh, who, who are the participants, why are people demonstrating, and what's the context of these demonstrations in relation to the country of Kenya in East Africa? Yeah, so yeah, so the demonstrations in Kenya uh, has been called by the Azimio Laumoja leader Raila Odinga and uh, they are uh, supposed to uh, address the inequality that Kenyans are experiencing, the economic inequality Kenyans are experiencing and also they're still lit- litigating the, the argument that the election was not free and fair. Uh, uh, from the Azimio point of view, the election was rigged in favor of uh, the current president, William Ruto. And they, they want the, the servers to be open so that they can see what the real result. And uh, those are just some of the issues they are bringing about. Uh, the cost of living, uh, many Kenyans are in agreement and most of the Kenyans who are showing up to those demonstrations seem to be more in agreement that the cost of living in Kenya has gone out of control and they, they feel as if the government has broken their promise to bring the cost of living down uh, as promised during the campaigns. So that's the, that's the way I understand it from reading it and from following it from the Kenyan perspective. <music> And of course, there's also the other uh, grievance that uh, the Azumio uh, camp has around the constitution of the Independent Electoral and Boundaries Commission, how the former commissioners were dropped from the commission. What what are these two political camps or political parties or political commissions? Well, the Azimio Laomoja group uh, is a coalition group with, uh, I believe, about 26 parties, um, uh, which was supported by the former president, Uhuru Kenyatta. And then the Kenya Kwanza group is a, is a group that was spearheaded by the current president, William Ruto, who was uh, the deputy president in the Kenyatta administration, but he had a falling out with the, with the, with the former president. After Raila Odinga, uh, the opposition leader, was invited to do a handshake uh, with the former president. And it kind of brought a, drove a wedge between Ruto and Uhuru. I don't know if that wedge was already there, but it seems as if the wedge was really pronounced after Mr. Raila joined, uh, joined in into an agreement uh, with Mr. Kenyatta. So the two coalitions uh, had different approaches. The, the Azimio coalition wanted to do some continuity with what the policies of uh, uh, President Uhuru Kenyatta and uh, the Kenya Kwanza coalition I wanted to bring a new form of governance which was based on uh, hustlers and mamamboga and the border border the the people who are considered uh, not in the ruling class it was a dynasty versus hustler kind of approach where the current president came about with the bottom-up policy which means that he was going to bring up the people from the bottom and have them in the government and uh, use their uh, their struggle to make their lives better so 
at the end of the game when he won when president ruto won uh, the promises that he made uh, part of them were things that he said were going to be realized immediately and it seems as if he has not been able to bring down for example the price of unga which is how people gauge uh, how well the economy is going and uh, the cost of uh, everything has gone up and um, during the campaigns the ruto Cam, uh, campaign, the Kenya Kwanza campaign, uh, refused to acknowledge that uh, the economic downturn was due to other forces such as the war in uh, Ukraine, uh, coronavirus outbreak and stuff like that. Uh, but in reality, those were factors that were leading, were leading to some of the hardships that people were coming in. So by creating a frame, a frame that the, the, the economy was just the doing, uh, was because going uh, haywire because the handshake came in and disrupted everything. Uh, the big four agenda and all that uh it gave people the idea that hey once they are in they're going to end all these problems they were having which is not really it was not really based on reality it was just campaign rhetoric uh, but people bought it so now we are finding ourselves in a situation where they cannot deliver on those promises and uh people are really suffering uh, life has not gotten better and uh, we have Azimio Laumoja, which is feeling aggrieved because they did not, they don't feel as if they lost the election. They feel as if uh, President Ruto is trying to manipulate IBC and load the IBC with his loyalists so that he can win the 2027 elections as well. So it's a whole host of so many things happening in there. Right. So we, we see a lot of these uh, situations in many African countries where you have elections. The dispute is not necessarily about the elections. The main challenge always comes about in terms of delivering the results of the election. Because uh, once elections are scheduled, you know, in a lot of, you know, countries, whether it's Senegal, whether it's Kenya or Tanzania, you know, even Zambia, we tend to have this constant challenge around uh, counting of the results of the election. Maybe taking our listeners back a little bit. In the event, yes, that the Azimio coalition led by Raila Odinga is complaining, is re attempting to relitigate or challenge the results of the election. Many critics might argue, well, hasn't this already been settled by the Supreme Court? Because if you do have a dispute around election results, then shouldn't the Azimio coalition, they challenge the results of the election in court and they lost. They had evidence before that they could have presented in court that they didn't present. For example, the whistleblower that they claim, uh, you know, has had evidence of electoral fraud that evidence was not presented in court and neither has this whistleblower been identified so you know critics of the azimio camp will say you know maybe they're just sorry losers and they're attempting to cheekily or cleverly manipulate economic problems as a way of uh, negotiating on the streets through demonstrations for them to get political power what, what's your take on that well i mean you're right uh, in kenya the supreme court is the final habitat on such disputes so from the legal perspective that that decision has been made it's over it's done with we need to move on and wait for 2027 but then uh, politics does not work that way uh, a lot of people would say that the amount of time given for the election dispute to be done is not enough to investigate the magnitude of what happened 
uh, during that election. I know a lot of people who went in as observers for the elections and they witnessed rigging. They witnessed actions which would be considered rigging. They witnessed a lot of uh, uh, issues that had to do with uh, some of the, uh, the officials not doing what they were supposed to do uh, in terms of allowing people to come in to witness the vote. Uh, they witnessed observers who did not even observe, uh, who just made a report from wherever they were. So some people have argued that Azimio should have done a better job in manning their manning their votes. They should have sent agents in all polling stations to ensure that their votes are not stolen. But if that's the case, then that lends credence to the fact that to the to the assertion that the election was not uh, was not credible. So if uh, Azimio has to man their the vote, then. Uh, IBC is not trustworthy enough to deliver a credible vote, and uh, it's a well, very it's a very prevailing argument, which is absurd, because if IBC has to be observed and has to have all these people observing them for them to deliver a credible vote, then they cannot be trusted to deliver the vote in the first place. So that's an well, argument that actually uh, cuts both uh -huh. ways. Yes, yeah, it's true. Ahead. I mean, you have to accept the reality. Uh, it's true that uh, Azimio should accept the reality that because they did not have the polling agents in every polling station, they did not do their due diligence there, okay? But it does not negate the fact that if they have credible information now that this is an election which was stolen from them, they have to actually bring those to be addressed because a lot of people voted for them and people voted for them because they believed in their policies and now uh -huh. they're seeing this government which promised so many things and they're bloating the government. They keep claiming that there's no money in the government but they have the money to uh, give the office of the spouse of the second, uh, I don't know, cabinet minister, and they bringing uh, 50 CAS to man 23 uh, ministries. So it, it's just preposterous uh, how uh, the government is behaving and so many things that are happening. So they've created an enabling environment for people to actually accept the Azimio point of view. And uh, uh, All right. let's not forget, let's not forget, the amount of time yeah, yeah. that has uh, been given but just, for, uh, for political yeah. parties. Go ahead. Yeah, just, just finish your point. Go ahead. Uh -huh. The amount of time that has been given for political parties to bring their case to the court is not really sufficient uh, to bring out the investigation. But that it is what it is. That is how it is in Kenya now. But if new information come about, we cannot ignore it. So the Azimio group has every right. If they have a whistleblower and people in Kenya do disappear, yes. we know what happened in the 2008 uh, post-election uh, clashes. The people who came out and started to testify uh, have been disappearing one after the other. So I can understand yeah. why the whistleblower does not want to yeah. come out in the open and say, it's me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. However, Maurice, uh, the challenge here is no elections are perfect. There will always be discrepancies. Even in the United States here, we've had election challenges. Human beings are not perfect. But no legal system can provide an unlimited window for you to provide your evidence, right? There, there has to be closure to elections so people can go back to their, their lives. And then when another election cycle is open, then um, then people can politic. Well, wh what about that? Uh, what about the critics, yeah. Maurice? So yeah, the, but, as a viewer but, but, who say elections can't be perfect. And if you didn't have agents in every polling station, that's not the fault of Kenya Kwanzaa Coalition. That's not the fault of the Independent Electoral and Boundaries Commission. That's the fault of Azimil, right? But what about that specific point that if you do have uh, challenges or frustrations about election, 
shouldn't you do your due diligence and bring all the evidence and then ultimately you have to accept the the judgments of the court you can't go again Maurice and uh, tear down an institution that's supposed to be the final arbiter of the public trust in in our elections what about that yeah so there's there's two things happening here there's a there's a legal process which is where the court comes in and decides the case based on the evidence presented in front of them so if the evidence is not sufficient they're going to dismiss the case they're yeah. going to dismiss the petition if the evidence is sufficient as maraga did he's going to uphold the petition okay so i mean we can we can sit here and agree one thing the kenyan supreme court has demonstrated that it's capable of making some hard rulings especially in political matters looking at what uh, justice maraga was able to do in 2017. so let's stipulate yeah right and when you and when you talk about justice maraga you're referring to the 2017 case when uh he really ruled that uh, those elections in 2017 were shambolic the iebc actually failed yes. in its mandate its constitutional mandate to deliver a, a, a fair trustworthy and credible election to the kenyan people so thank you for sharing that interested to hear from you maurice as a specialist as a journalist on on these matters politics and, and economics in africa what's your take on uh, meg whitman the american ambassador coming out and saying that uh, these elections in 2022 were the uh, fairest and most open in the history of Kenya. Uh, you know, a lot of people felt that the ambassador in that statement inadvertently seemed to be taking sides uh, while not necessarily pointing out some of the abuses by the police and demonstrators. But two, you know, this fear in Africa that we sometimes have a concern that a lot of these foreign powers many times have their own interests and they are willing to look sideways on issues of election malfeasance just simply because uh, they want to protect their interests in this case she meg whitman was speaking in front of the american chamber of commerce in five-star hotel so please speak to those two perspectives around was her statement at least inadvertently biased that these were the freest and open elections we've ever had in kenya but secondly this broader question of what exactly is the role of foreign observers and foreign diplomats in african elections do they really sometimes overlook egregious shortcomings simply because they are there to advance the national interests of their governments back home? I don't know what information Meg Whitman, uh, Ambassador Meg Whitman has. I do have uh, a lot of respect for Ambassador Meg Whitman. I think she, Kenya is really favored to have her as an ambassador because she has a lot of clout and she brings in a wealth of knowledge in business and uh, entrepreneurship that Kenyans can really gain from. I just don't know what was the basis for her to say that it was a free and fair, the most freest and fairest election. I do have a different perspective on that after talking to people who actually went and observed the election and saw the, the, some of the shortfalls of that election. But maybe the shortfalls, according to Meg Whitman, and uh, the people, foreign observers, is maybe the shortfalls was not going to change the results. I mean, there are people who actually did some polling, and the polling suggested that uh, President Ruto was going to uh, win the election by almost similar margin that what came out. And uh, these are independent people, they have no skin in the game. So there is a possibility that the elections were where they were. 
So I really don't have a criticism on Meg Whitman on that. I just don't know what was her base uh, for saying that she did not reveal to us how she arrived at that conclusion. But I want to go back to what I was talking I was talking about. You said that the election, uh, the legal process cannot be uh, never ending. I agree the legal process is over. But this is a political problem that we have. The legal process may end because they did not have enough information to convince the judge. But the political problem is not going to end because the legal process ended. If new information came out and we find that, okay, we, this was still unfair to the people, the supporters of Raila Odinga, who has tried to be president five times, are looking at this probably like the last possible opportunity for him to be president. They have vested their interest and their visions in him and his ideas. And they feel as if that... Uh, this was a time, as Mata Karua would argue, when the true liberators of Kenya were going to have an opportunity to actually run the government. In that yeah. case, uh -huh. uh, we have to agree that there is a political a need for a political solution. And I'm glad to see that there is some movement coming from both sides, the Kenya Kwanzaa side and the government, the, the Azimio side, to sit down and have a discussion. Okay, we cannot have a government which honestly has does not have a mandate the right. kenya kwanza government does not cannot claim a mandate because the margin wait, of wait a minute wait maurice they, mm -hmm. they do have a mandate they were sworn in root william ruto president william ruto was sworn in uh after the that election that makes them, that makes them it, the, of the, office. The, the instruments of power were handed over by the chairman of the azimio party which is uh, the former president uhuru kenyatta head of the azimio coalition you know, we've had ministers visit State House. We've had members of the opposition visit the president. So, I mean, isn't this crying about spilt milk in terms of uh, Raila Odinga's passion to be be president? I mean, the train has already long left the station, sir. No, the the, the train has left the station. That's not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say that Ruto is not the president. Okay, he is the president. Uh -huh. He's sworn in. He has the instrument of power. Okay. But there is a groundswelling of saying, which is more and more starting to see that he is, first of all, not working in the interest of all Kenyans based on his appointment. Okay. The, the, the kind of appointments that he's giving, uh, it seems as if he's favoring two tribes over everybody else. Okay. okay. And uh, so, a, lo a lot right. of, let me, ju let me uh -huh. just finish that point. So right. it seems uh -huh. like that is an issue. Uh, and they have, and some of the people right. in the Kenyan uh, government well, have well, argued that that because they have the instruments of power they can do that so other people can just sit and watch while we eat lunch and then we're gonna throw something for you under the table and you guys can enjoy the crumbs under the table that kind of perception is bringing this political problem they're saying first of all you did not even win okay second of all the court handed this thing to you and now you're spiting it so that is why okay. this calls okay. for a political solution Right. The so, so Maurice, is done. now we need to right. have a political solution. Political. All right. So, so Maurice, so are you then saying that uh, the best alternative would be demonstrations? No, I mean not demonstrations. Are the Azimio group are, coalition. Let, let, let me finish that point. Critics of the Azimio coalition would say, well, we need the politics. So obviously, demonstrations on the streets are politics by other means, right? And and it's Azimio's right to do that of the Azimio followers, but. Shouldn't Parliament be 
the space in which as a male members of, of parliament in the Senate and the House, isn't that supposed to be the space within which they negotiate and really challenge these big ideas uh, about fixing what you were talking about earlier, the cost of living or fixing the Independent Electoral Boundaries Commission, right? Having a more fairer representation or adjustments to the commission or broader questions about inclusivity in terms of appointment of, of officers for, you know, to government. What's your take on that? I mean, can you endlessly have demonstrations or should parliament really be the space through which these issues are negotiated? Yeah, demonstrations are not a good, uh, are not a good way to solve problems demonstrations bring in a, brings in a lot of uh, disruptions to the economy and stuff like that but demonstrations sometimes is the only way that we people can actually get the attention to the government the okay. government the kenya kwanzaa government uh let's say that the script with the script was flipped and the kenyan kwanzaa government was the one which was in the opposition right now i would support their need to actually go out to the streets and protest the government if the azimio government was behaving the way they are behaving right okay all so right protests are just a way for people who are powerless to redress to seek redress from the government and you cannot say that the parliament the way it's constituted right now would even give anything to the opposition right now they would uh, they have demonstrated that they are dominated by the interest of the kenya kwanza government they would rubber stamp anything that president ruto wants them to do the cost of living issues that are coming about uh, they have prioritized doing other things like reducing the price of fertilizer and removing all these other subsidies uh, there was one uh, i'm forgetting his name one uh, kenya kwanza mp or or somebody who even said that they are going to stop investment in infrastructure building, which is a preposterous way of actually trying to grow the economy. Infrastructure is what is the bread and butter of the West growing the economy. You cannot stop that. So they seem to be all over the map. And then we have regarding Gashagwa, who's always going out to spew venom towards okay. the Azimio, towards the Azimio group unnecessarily. He's acting right. as if he's still right. in the, on the campaign trail. Not to mention all these Thanksgiving uh -huh. uh, sessions where they go to church on Sunday. And instead of talking about Jesus or talking about church, they talk about Raila. They, they speak more about Raila in those Thanksgiving sessions than even Jesus. So those are not Thanksgiving sessions. Those are political rallies in church. So we have a government which has lost total control about what their mandate is. Okay, they do not know what, they don't seem to know what they're doing. They seem to be politicking right. okay. more than actually advocating for the well-being of the people that they promised they're going to bring the price of Unga down. So, but but there, there, is a, there is a silver lining. I think the Kenya Kwanzaa government, I think President Ruto, is actually somebody who is well liked. I mean, I can tell you right now, I've asked people, I've gone around and I've asked people what they feel about President Ruto. And I've never seen anybody who really despises him. I've seen more people who despise Raila with a passion, but I've never met a single person who dislikes Ruto in, the similar, in a similar way as Raila. Raila is mostly liked or disliked. Ruto is generally liked. So he has right. that currency going All for right. him. Okay. So he can build on that and kind of bring people together. He should not act with so much bravado. This thing that Gashagwa is bringing in and saying, and all this nonsense, that needs to stop. We need to build right. a country all which right. is an economic well, powerhouse in Africa, okay. which we are on, on track to be if they can get the act.
So, well, what, what about the, the other question, uh, Maurice? President Ruto talked about uh, cutting the, the deficit. As you know, Kenya has ballooning debt problems. The shilling has been in free fall relative to the dollar and other major hard currencies. And we know our loans to the, our major creditor, the Chinese, are denominated in dollars. So there's a question around, you have two options when when you have some of these uh, you know, budget challenges. You either have to raise more revenue or you have to cut spending. What about those who say this cutting of the subsidies, number one subsidies, they were very corruptly initiated, at least what Kenya Kwanza is saying, but also the fact that projects like infrastructure will have to be scaled back because you need to pay debt. If you want to address the debt question, you can't keep digging a hole and expect to get out of debt. What about that? Well, I mean, it is laughable that uh, President Ruto would come in and tell us that he's trying to cut down on corruption. Uh, when he was when he was running for president, he couldn't even bring himself to say the word corruption. He, uh, they had this thing, they were saying state capture and all that. Well, I mean, austerity measures have been shown world over that austerity measures only cause problems to the, to the people. If you're going to use austerity measures, uh, you're going to compromise on your development that you're doing. So yes, there is a okay. need. I think uh, uh, President Ruto, he has his priorities upside down. The issue about paying the debt should not come above the issues of Kenyans being able to eat. You should be able to go out there and tell people that, hey, my people don't have food to eat. We need to, and everybody knows the econ economy for all countries. Every country is experiencing some economic hardships. It's not just Kenya. So why is he so bent on making sure that he pays the debt and then not have food for, for Kenyans? And I'm, I'm just do, saying this in a simplistic way because I want the people who are going to listen to this to look at the very basic logic of what I think the government should be doing. The government should be prioritizing the well-being of Kenyans. It should not be prioritizing to pay debts when Kenyans cannot even afford food. So removing those subsidies, I agree the subsidies were put in corruptly because Kenya is a corrupt country. Even the new ways that President Ruto and the government of the Kenyan government is trying to put things in place are also going to be tainted with corruption. So it's very rich for them to say, oh, these guys were corrupt and we are not. Okay, The people who have been put in the Kenyan, Kenya Kwanzaa government had to be sanitized first for them to go there. Their cases had to be knocked out of the, uh, of the court and all these things. They're saying that, oh, they shouldn't have been in court in the first place. But then why don't you let the whole thing to play out? Why do you have to rush to get them out of there? So when you look at all these things that are happening in the background, you have to question their genuineness about how they're doing. Uh, at the end right. of the day, the role of the government is to protect the well-being of the citizens. They are not doing that now. And if they had done that, these demonstrations that have been called by Azimio would not have flourished the way they have. So do you, do you see any hope for the future? President Ruto spoke today and his proposal to have a bipartisan uh, group of uh, parliamentarians come together to discuss reforming the IEBC. And then secondly, Kenya Kwanzaa has really said there's not very much they can do about the opening up of the service, but his Ruta's recommendation was to go back to the drawing board in parliament and readjust the IEBC. I mean, in closing, do you see 
any hope for some kind of consensus given now that even Raila has said that uh, demonstrations at least in the short term have been suspended yeah i see a lot of hope I, i'm a believer of kenya i think kenya is one of those countries which which has not scratched the surface about what we can do with our potential we are doing very well and we have a lot of potential. So I, I think uh, what President Ruto has done is actually a gesture in the right direction. And I really applaud uh, uh, Prime Minister, former Prime Minister Raila Odinga, actually Prime Minister, because there's never been another Prime Minister uh, uh, after him, uh, for accepting the olive branch and agreeing to come to the table to have a discussion about this. So that's what needed to have been done. Uh, what, what the messages that were being sent out by Rigadi Gashagwa, those were actually not helpful and we need to avoid being like that. If we are going to be a country that's going to lead Africa and going to uh, spearhead uh, the, the coming out of Africa as an as a innovation and economic powerhouse, we have to be able to solve these problems quickly. So I do applaud that. I think it's a positive thing and there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, for Kenya over there. Uh, and our my criticism of the government is not because I dislike the Kenya Kwanzaa government. I think they are they have a lot of potential and they can do better. So it's just a, right. a point of a point of redirection there. Fantastic. Thank you so much to my guest, Maurice Ndole, who is a leading uh, independent journalist, founder publisher of the Africana Voice and e-commerce platforms Lochna.com and PictureGraphics.com. So this brings us to the end. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, this is David Monda. Thanks for listening.